Welcome to the Wordy Traveler podcast, where we'll be discussing books, travel, and everything we all love. This podcast is brought to you by thewordytraveler.com. The Wordy Traveler is a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. To learn more about this seasonal book club that has been featured in Oprah, New York Magazine, Travel and Leisure, Reader's Digest, HuffPo, InStyle, Forbes, USA Today, and was recently ranked by Town & Country as one of the best book subscription boxes available, please visit thewordytraveler.com. Join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. Well, hello, everyone. We are back in the studio again. This is Brian Nichols, and I am here in the studio with the founder of The Wordy Traveler, who also happens to be my wife and literally best friend in the entire world, Cindy Nichols. And we have got a fantastic podcast for you today, a fantastic interview. And it's actually part two of a two-part interview that Cindy did with Kurt Gibbons from the Ohio Tea Company. And the first one was really interesting, very insightful, and I tell you, if anything, this one builds on that. Anything and everything you'd want to know about tea, I love how some of the questions you asked Cindy get to the root of like if you're brand new to tea, I love how you included questions from individuals from social media that offered up some questions. You enter, you uh, use that as well. Uh, it just, you walk away from last, uh, the first podcast, but uh, especially this one, I think, you just walk away with so much of a deeper understanding. And whether you are a tea enthusiast or not, I think you uh, are likely to become one after listening to this podcast. But you were the one that actually got a chance to really spend some time with uh, Kurt, both both on the first uh, part of the interview and now this one. So just what is your takeaways or what are your thoughts after uh, having the opportunity to talk to Kurt like you did? Well, it was such a fun interview with Kurt. And I just appreciate Kurt and the Ohio Tea Company so much because they are so passionate about what they do. And they have such an incredible breadth of knowledge in their industry. And when you walk into their tea shop, there's literally hundreds of teas and herbs lining the walls and they're so knowledgeable you know you can go in and say you know what I like a fruit flavor or I like an herb like a sage flavor or a lavender flavor or I like something sweet or I like something tart and they're able to help you hone in on exactly what you're looking for even if you never drank tea before and also their knowledge accomplishes much more than tea they also have herbs and even in like this quarter with peru they helped us source that hot chocolate that we're featuring because it's a traditional peruvian hot chocolate so they're just so passionate about what they do they are such givers to the community and you know they really are an example of someone who is excelling in their field and that's an inspiration for me no matter what field somebody may be in when I see somebody excel uh, it just inspires me to do better and that's one of the things I really love about everybody who's been on the podcast is they really have that passion about whatever industry they're in and you will definitely tell from Kurt that he feels that same way and has that same passion about his industry. Well, that is fantastic. And you have really partnered with the Ohio Tea Company since the inception of the Wordy Traveler. And so I'm guessing that all the things you just said, that's part of the reason why you chose them as, uh, as such close partners. Is that right? 
Absolutely. Um, the Ohio Tea Company, Kurt and Terry, um, Terry started it and then Kurt is his son-in-law and now comes on and helps run the business. They were such an instrumental factor in actually helping the Wordy Traveler, even though they have no stake in the Wordy Traveler business. Uh, I went to the, I went to Terry and Kurt originally and told them our idea and what we wanted to do. And they've been our biggest cheerleaders and they've also given us some really incredible advice on how to run a business, but most importantly, how to really just create a company and create a business that really appreciates people first and foremost. And you can tell with Kurt when you hear him, he just has a passion for helping people and helping people learn more about their industry and tea, but just really helping people in life. And so I just always just feel so much better when I'm around them. And I hope you feel better after listening to this podcast because I felt better after talking to him during the podcast. That is awesome. Well, we're going to dive right in, guys. You are in for a treat. All kinds of great information, great interview coming your way. So again, this is part two of Cindy's interview with Kurt Gibbons from the Ohio Tea Company, and I think you're very much going to enjoy. What are some of the misconceptions that you see about tea? Oh, misconceptions. I have a couple really good ones. Okay. Uh, One of my absolute favorite ones is people come in and say, All right, so I've heard that um, hot tea is better for you than iced tea. And I just laugh and I say, okay, maybe if you have a sore throat, it's going to warm up your throat, going to help that. But it is absolutely false. I just laugh because anything that you brew out of those leaves and get are going to carry over if you throw it over ice or even if you cold steep it you still get those antioxidants and those, you know, healthy properties out of the tea. So that's probably my favorite one that I get every once in a while and laugh. Um, Another one, and this is a really common one, and I'll be honest, when I was reading books about tea and different things, researching after we opened the company, I kind of thought of this one and just laughed. And I thought, you know, I call it tea as well. So Everybody calls it herbal tea. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we all get that. And you say tea is kind of anything that you put something into a cup, pour water over, and it becomes tea. Well, mm-hmm. it's actually completely false. Mm. Tea, the true tea plant, is the Camellia sensus plant. And those are the only true teas. So everything else would be called a tisane, okay. like an herbal tisane or uh, fruit to saying different things like that. But I laugh. We, you know, don't get picky. If people come in and say, I want a herbal tea, we don't try to say, oh, well, you're saying it wrong. We don't care. You know, it's absolutely fine to do that. But it is one of the things that we just kind of laugh at and go on with. Um, another one of my favorite ones is People say if you add things like sugar or milk or lemon to tea, it will actually kill what's healthy in the leaf and kind of ruin your health benefits. And that is absolutely false as well. Obviously, the sugar may counteract a little bit, but it's not going to take those things out of your healthy tea. So, um, and, I've heard and that. Right, actually. 
Yeah, I've heard that. Like, don't add milk to your tea. I remember yeah. one time somebody I was putting, because like I said, I learned how to really drink tea in England. So, you know, milk first, then tea. And I was doing that one time and, and a lady was aghast. She said, oh, <laughs> you're, 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 you're ruining all of your tea benefits. Don't put milk in your tea. So I've heard that one, Kurt. <laughs> Yeah, it, we just laugh at that. Obviously, anything you add to the tea is not going to take benefits away from it. Like I said, the sugar might have a little bit of kind of the opposite effect, you know, because sugar is, although it tastes fantastic, not the healthiest, healthiest thing for you. Mm-hmm. But my favorite thing, honestly, to tell customers that ask this question and everybody is there are lots of actually benefits to adding things to your tea. Um, so lemon or anything with a citric acid in it actually mm-hmm. helps those, um, tannins, those antioxidants, they, they work together in your body to absorb, to fight against those, you know, negative re- uh, free radicals and things in your body to kill those. So actually it can make it healthier for you. Yeah. Um, kind of jumping around to some herbal teas we always tell customers, um, they come in asking for turmeric tea and it's fantastic all around, uh, tea or herb for you. It Mm -hmm. has a ton of health benefits. And I tell people, Oh, you need to blend that with some black pepper and customers look at me like I'm absolutely nuts. And, um, the healthiest part or the chemical that is in the turmeric is called curcumin. Mm -hmm. And, it is fantastic for you, but one of the things about it, it does not absorb. You don't get a lot. So you have to drink a lot of turmeric to get that health benefit about, about, um, in your body. But if you put black pepper in it, there's a chemical in black pepper called, uh, pepine. I'm mm-hmm. saying that completely wrong, yeah. but what that chemical actually does is it works with the curcumin and it allows more of it to absorb into your body. So anytime I have a customer, if they come in and say, Hey, you know, I want this tea, I always recommend blending it with pepper to get that full health benefit. Otherwise, you know, it's like your picture, you're drinking that whole cup and you get a couple milligrams of the health benefit out of each cup. Well, you're really losing. You could, you could be getting 10 milligrams versus five milligrams of that, you know, just things like that. So lots of things that go into tea and herbs to help work together, to help make your uh, body healthier and different things like that. And uh, I know Kurt here is a runner too. And I really got into turmeric because of the anti-inflammatory issues. Now I will say this, neither of us are doctors or medical professionals. So definitely. Uh, before anyone on this episode um, decides that they may want to try something for a health benefit, make sure you contact your medical provider and uh, make sure they run it against any current medications you may be on. So we have that little disclaimer uh, for us. I know that disclaimer is actually at at Ohio Tea Company um, when you're in that section of their tea um, that, you know, obviously you always need to check to make sure there are no interactions. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And not to cut you off, but I always try to talk to customers that are asking about herbs for different benefits. Are you taking any medication? 
because they definitely can interact with medication. Um, now your typical teas are not gonna have that drastic of a reaction, but if you're taking all kinds of medications, I would pass anything and everything um, in the tea world through your doctor. Just say, hey, I'm gonna drink some green tea. What do you think if you're on a lot of medications? Um, and then there are some herbs that I would definitely be careful with. Hibiscus is a really big one. We actually have a doctor that tells people come get hibiscus and drink that to help with blood pressure. Um, so when people are getting, you know, fruit toussaints or anything with hibiscus in it, I do ask them, Hey, are you on a blood pressure medication? Cause if you are on that, I want you to be careful, call your doctor or, you know, don't drink it until after you've consulted with somebody. And I tell everyone, you know, I'm not, a, as you are saying, I'm not a medical professional. I do know um, some, a lot, a lot about herbs and kind of what they can help you with, but I do want you to talk to another, you know, your doctor because they have you on a kind of a plan mm -hmm. and any medication you're taking is planned out, but they're not taking into account other things you may be getting elsewhere. So I just kind of talked to my doctor about, you know, Hey, I'm taking this, would this be okay? Things like that. And now I've kind of learned, but I never talk to people about the medications they're on just because I don't feel comfortable saying, Oh, that doesn't react with anything or things like that. So, yep, definitely be careful. Yeah, definitely be careful. Um, I think this past year has shown us that, you know, always, um, do your research and consult with professionals. Uh, but having said that, you know, there is a great amount of different herbs and teas out there uh, that are phenomenal and, you know, can, um, within the right circumstances, uh, you know, help you in your day-to-day -day life. Um, just outside of the caffeine benefit, which we all really enjoy the caffeine benefit here at the Wordy Traveler. I think I'm on my third cup of today. Uh, I'm having your Tylana uh, jasmine tea, which is a black tea with jasmine in it. It's a phenomenal blend. So uh, I'm trying to give you guys some different ideas because there's so many different blends. Another blend I really like right now, um, which I think you introduced last year, was the Holiday Earl Grey. Yes. Yep. We did introduce that last year. It is one of my absolute favorites. It is. And I get a, I have a couple customers that come in and beg me to blend it for them uh, for, you know, in the middle of summer and different things like that. And it's just a fantastic, a little bit more fruity of a uh, Earl Grey is a lot of people know about Earl Grey. It can be kind of bitter, but it yeah. adds just enough spice to it to kind of bring that bitterness down and adds a little bit more fruit to it. And it's just spicy, fantastic. I do love that one, especially around the holidays. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I might not be using the right words, but to me, it almost seems like an Earl Grey mixed in with a chai because you kind of get that spice into it. And I love it. I love it. I love it. So talking about your blends, what inspires your blends? Oh, uh, this is fun. <laughs> so a lot of different things actually inspire our blends. Um, it can be inspired from honestly anything. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a couple blends that I was drinking um, tea and I was eating um, some turkey and different things like that. And I thought, you know what? 
what could we blend with to give it a little more savory flavor mm-hmm. and different things like that. And I was actually talking, I had an employee at the time that was really good at coming up with blends. And she was kind of like, Oh, I'll take and run with that. And I told her one of my absolute favorite herbs yeah. and that goes into stuffing is sage. Ooh. And she came up with a fantastic blend and it's our harvest sage tea. And I cannot get enough of it. I go back to it all the time. I wouldn't say it's my absolute favorite tea in the shop, my go-to, but you know, when I'm in the mood for something a little more savory, a little more, let's call it meaty, I go for that tea and it's a fantastic oolong tea. It's got a little lemongrass in there to kind of harness the sage, not let it run a wild and take over the tea completely, but oh, it, it is beautiful. So that one honestly was kind of just going with, uh, you know, something I've eaten before. And I thought, you know, I really like sage. What can we do with it? Yeah. Um, I have a, another one, uh, Terry actually blended our Amore and there's two different stories, whether you talk to Eva or Terry and Eva mm-hmm. is Terry's, um, wife, but he wanted a cherry black tea and it, for whatever reason, it's really hard to find one. Yeah. And he thought, oh, one of his favorite teas is Pondicherry. And Eva loves to drink the Pondicherry. It's got a great um, color to the tisane. Yeah. It turns bright red and has a really strong cherry flavor. So he thought, well, let's blend those two together. And that was born basically that way. They were just looking for something and thought, why not put these two together? And so that was a really good one. Um, my absolute favorite story about a tea that I came up with though, we had a really slow day one day in the shop and it was, um, Terry, one of our employees and myself. And honestly, we were sitting in the office and one of the songs on the radio was love potion number nine. (laughs) And of course it was, uh, right before Valentine's day. So we all started joking around we said, Oh, we should make a love potion tea and just kept going and running with it. And we literally talked about it for over an hour and just all the different marketing things we could do with it. Completely joking. I mean, typically we'll do this and have no follow through. And I thought, you know what? I'm sick of it. Those two are, I got up, walked out of the room, left those two laughing about it. And about three tries later, I came back with a um, raspberry ginger tea that just had a smooth flavor. And I thought, raspberry ginger, it's got a little spice, just like a relationship has. It's got yeah. some sweetness like a relationship. So just kind of that song just made that tea for us. And I poured a, two cups of it. I walked in. And they said, oh, what are you drinking? And I said, love potion number nine. (laughs) We all started cracking up laughing and they both tried it and thought, that's really good, Kurt. What is it? And I said, it's love potion number nine. I just made it up. (laughs) So that was probably my favorite story to it, you know, just completely on a limb. And I really think we nailed that tea when we made it. So it's been a staple. I have a lady that actually is getting married in... I think it's April or so. And she called me and said, Hey, can I get a hundred bags of that? Or I think it was 150 to pass out to everybody that comes to our wedding. And I thought, Oh, what a cool idea. You know, and I've seen 
lots of things on Pinterest and whatnot about people filling, um, let's call them test tubes yeah. with tea and then putting a nice bow on it and that being the favor. And she took it a whole step further and I put the labels on, you know, I haven't done it yet, but put the labels on the bags for her, kind of showed her what it could look like. And we came up with a really cool plan and she's going to put a little note on each bag that's, you know, tells everyone keep the, keep the spice or something going in your marriage and in your life. So I I just think it's really cool. So that's been one of my favorite blends and teas just as a conversation piece as well. Yeah. And I haven't tried that one. So I'm sure like many of you, you're writing down notes right now of like, Ooh, I, I need to order that one. I need to order that one. I, I need to stop by your shop and try some <laughs> number nine, because I love ginger and raspberry. Those are two of my favorite tastes. So uh, I'm so excited about that. So thinking about that, maybe someone is listening to this podcast and um, you know, uh, America traditionally is a, a coffee drinking nation uh, since the revolution and the whole tea party, uh, throw the tea in the harbor. Uh, and you know, the, the history of how we kind of turn being a history major here, I mean, uh, you know, turning from tea to coffee was actually a patriotic act. Um, and in fact, many colleges and groups back in the revolution, you know, promoted how they stopped drinking tea, uh, to, uh, to further the cause. So, um, we're tea is now just becoming bigger and bigger and growing every year, but maybe somebody's on here and hasn't been introduced to tea. What are some of the basics that maybe somebody who wants to learn more about tea or maybe experience tea for the first time? What's, uh, what are some of the basics that someone needs to know? Okay. So there is a, it's a grading level and what you will see on a lot of times on tea bags, if you're going that route to start with is it'll say orange pico Mm -hmm. and orange pico does not refer to having an orange flavor but what it's actually talking about is referring to full leaf so what that will do is no matter how it's processed it is the full leaf that is then processed to a black tea a oolong any tea but that is a main thing to look for and the reason I say that is we talk about that processing. They take their time with those full leaves. Um, you do get the full leaf. So you get a more complex flavor than what you would get out of the, you know, dust, the fines, the broken pieces of the leaf. And it also, it gives you a lighter, smoother taste. You get those brokens and those, a lot of those pieces, it, steeps very quickly. So when you put your hot water over your tea bag, it just kind of explodes with all that surface area. And the tea leaf is then kind of, let's call it destroyed. All those little pieces, the flavonoids and things that come out of the tea come out right away. Mm-hmm. Where if you have a full leaf, the surface area, and if there's more leaf together, even though there's still quite a bit of surface area on that leaf, it destroys that leaf at a much slower process or a much slower rate. Then what ends up happening is you get more of a slower breakdown and you get one or let's say five leaves. You can get a much more complex flavor out of that tea versus just mixing a whole bunch together or getting those little fine pieces because those flavonoids and those 
catechins and things are, are more intact to begin with in the leaf. So you can get a much more complex flavor out of it. So really look for that orange pico grade. Um, quite honestly, 90% of our teas in our shop are orange pico or higher mm -hmm. because that's loose leaf is all that high. So if you're going the loose leaf route, um, hopefully you have someone near you if you're far away that can talk to you about, hey, you know, here's what I really like out of a tea or what I want out of a tea. But, you know, if you're just starting into tea, uh, black tea is probably the most widely accepted flavor. Um, and then from there, I would say a salon tea or a, a Java Malabar, an Indonesian tea. They're going to be real smooth. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a finish that kind of disappears quickly. It doesn't stick around. A lot of people can be very turned off by a tea. You know, you take a sip and then three or four swallows later, you're still tasting that tea. That can turn a lot of people off as far as astringency. So stick with your orange Pico grade and go higher. Um, like I said, a salon tea is going to be really light. You know, it's going to allow people to get a good flavor, but not have it hang around and kind of ruin that for people that don't want something really strong. And if you enjoy that and you want stronger, you can work your way up to um, different teas and different regions and kind of explore that whole thing. Yeah. But we had a couple questions from social media followers. Um, so the first one uh, is actually me because I am a social media follower <laughs> of yours. So I get to have my question first. So for our Wordy Traveler subscribers and for anyone who's maybe not used to getting loose leaf tea, they were like me and they've just always gotten it in a tea um, sachet or uh, tea uh, packet. When they receive your uh, your little bag of loose leaf tea, what are some things that they can, how can they brew that? What are a couple different ways? Oh yeah, okay. So first thing you're gonna need is an infuser or a uh, teapot that does have a, some sort of infuser or filter. Um, we have a couple different ones on our website. You can honestly make your own tea bags by purchasing just a box of tea and you just wanna use um, one teaspoon of tea per every eight ounces. But what you really want to watch for is let's say you're making a teapot. You don't want to get an infuser that you try to stuff a bunch of tea in because what happens with loose leaf tea is I was talking about, it is a full leaf. And what will happen is that will leaf will expand and open up mm -hmm. and you'll be left with actually less surface area and a much weaker taste. So you might think it's a little overkill to get a larger bag, to get a larger tea ball. But if you're going to go with those higher quality teas, you need to have something large enough to let the tea expand. Um, my absolute favorite infuser is a um, stainless steel basket style infuser. Mm, nice. Yeah. Um, my reasoning, I'm, I'm become an absolute tea snob and a tea head. I can taste the tea bag because mm -hmm. obviously paper is going to break down. You don't want to go with the plastic because that's going to break down. But I can taste those different things in the tea. The stainless steel, I don't mind the flavor of that one. Porcelain is really good too. 
um, is if you don't want any change in your tea, that's probably the best one to go with. But my favorite is in general is a basket. It's going to give you a lot of room to have those teas open up and you can pour it over. You can make a individual cup if that's what you're doing, or you can put a basket inside of a, the top of a teapot and make, you know, four to five cups at a time, a larger pot and still come out with a same fantastic flavor profile, you know? So those are my favorite is the basket style. Yeah. Uh, I will say last year I gave myself a Christmas gift to myself from the Ohio tea. Um, I chose well for me, which is one of, they have these and I, I, I hope they're on the website, uh, not to make more work for you, but they have these, they have them in both teapots and in teacups that have the infuser right in them. They're porcelain with the stainless steel infuser. And it has like a little lid to it that becomes the coaster. Yeah, those are the best. And those do come with that, that same basket style infuser that is just fantastic. And they are on our website. Um, and there's a few different colors to choose from for each mug or each pot. So you can check those out. And those are the highest quality we found. They're quite expensive um, for us, and but it is the highest quality. So that's why we absolutely stick with them. The uh, pottery used in them and everything, ceramics, fantastic. And then the infuser is top notch. It's cut with a laser versus a stamp. So you get a really fine uh, mesh screen. Mm -hmm. You don't get a lot of sediment in your tea. Some people don't mind it. A lot of people get that last couple sips of tea or cup of tea has a lot of stuff at the bottom. And if you don't like that, you know, one of the best things is to go with that type of um, infuser that's real, has real fine holes in it. Yeah, they are phenomenal. And as I said, it was a Christmas gift to me, but of a year of using it almost every day, I will say it holds up. You won't need to repurchase one again. So um, Joanna Carrier, and Joanna, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name, asked, what green tea would you recommend for someone who likes Earl Grey? Oh, that's a good question. Um so we do have a few different flavored greens for the green flavor profile. It mixes very well with fruits. So most of the green teas are going to be fruity. Um, my actual favorite hot green tea is a um, Casablanca. I absolutely love Earl Grey. Mm -hmm. And our Casablanca does have, I believe it's spearmint and some bergamot oil which bergamot oil is what turns a tea to an Earl Grey is how it's named. So anything with bergamot in it makes it an Earl Grey flavor profile. So that's probably my absolute favorite. Um, you do need to be careful uh, brewing and what brewing temperature because you don't want to burn it. It's a delicate tea, you can't just pour 212 boiling water over it, or you're going to end up with a very astringent aftertaste and it's not going to be refreshing to you, but that's, uh, goes with all green teas as well. Yeah, that is a great green tea. That's one of, I think one of the first teas I tried from the Ohio tea company was the Casablanca. And that was the other thing I learned from them is I used to just have a, you know, a kettle I got from target that was just one temperature kettle 
uh, which was Boyle. And after learning from Terry and Kurt to go and um, pay a little bit more, they're really not that much more, but one that you can control the temperature on. Because uh, it really does make, there were teas that I always thought were bitter. And then once they started brewing them at the right temperature, they, they, they actually, I really started to enjoy them where I never have in the past. Yeah, it, that kind of leads me to something I kind of forgot to cover earlier when you were asking about, you know, kind of beginners to tea and different things. Honestly, the most important thing about all teas you brew or you want to enjoy is going to be temperature, time, and amount of tea you use. Temperature is going to be the most critical. Mm -hmm. um, you're really going to want to look at your tea bag or either the box that it comes in or any of our teas. They all have um, recommended temperatures mm -hmm. and you can bring your temperature, your water up to temperature in any different way, boil it on the stove, throw it in the microwave. Those obviously will have a little bit of change in the tea flavor, uh, depending on how you bring it up to a boil, but you want to watch, let your water cool down. If you've got a thermometer, like a meat thermometer, you can use one of those. Um, you can also throw a couple ice cubes over top of the tea leaves before you pour the water over to bring down your temperature, but that is going to be the most important thing. Second most important thing is going to be the amount of time that you do leave the tea leaves steeping. Mm -hmm. If you go over that recommended time too much, you're going to end up with the same type of thing as if you use boiling water on all teas. It's just going to ruin the aftertaste. It kind of burns the tea. It's like leaving a cookie in too long in the oven. You're mm -hmm. going to end up with a drier cookie. You're going to end up with a drier taste. And then amount. Amount is the least critical of the three. But if you don't use enough, you're going to end up with a really weak tea. If you use way too much, you may end up with too strong. But I always tell customers, depending on whether you want it stronger or weaker, that's how much tea you're going to use. Don't play too much with your temperature, especially going higher. Mm -hmm. and then your time as well. So, you know, if you want it stronger, don't steep it for 10 minutes. Don't boil it with, you know, throw boiling water, just add another tea bag, add another scoop to your um, infuser, different things like that will affect the taste of your tea and get it to where you really want it. That's great. That's really helpful information. And I think that that was a mistake I made for many years in drinking tea was not following the directions. Um, another Instagram question we have, and I'm sorry, I don't know who sent this in. This was forwarded to me. Um, but what is an unusual mix of tea that works or you personally like? Okay. So one of my favorite teas, I have not actually put it out for, um, anyone to try or anything, because I kind of think it's a little unusual and weird myself. But um, I like plum. It is really deep fruit mm -hmm. and it, it carries over into a tea. And we have a plum oolong that is a deep roasted plum oolong. So it's got a kind of a deep flavor. And I wanted something into it. I wanted to make a little bit sweeter for some customers that I had. So I put um, another tea that we have in it. It's hot cinnamon. Mm. And I thought, who puts cinnamon and a fruit together? besides kind of a high citrus fruit mm -hmm. and I absolutely love it it's hysterical because 
either of them on their own aren't probably my favorite, but I put them together and it works really well. So that's, that, fun. that's my odd mix that I enjoy every once in a while. That sounds perfect though for Christmas time, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Iced plums. Um, that sounds awesome. So, well, thank you, Kurt. We just want to say we really appreciate you and we are excited to be partnered with you. And we just want to say great job for everything you guys have done for the community and for your business and for the tea community as well. Oh, well, thank you, Cindy. It was absolutely my pleasure. As I tell you and you've heard it throughout the podcast, my absolute favorite part is just kind of spreading the education and talking to people about tea, sharing my passion. It's obviously easy for me to talk about tea. I could just ramble on for hours and hours. So hopefully people enjoyed listening. And um, if they have any other questions, look us up on our website or ask me a question on Facebook, Instagram, you know, get in touch with us. We love to talk. We love to share knowledge. We like to match customers with tea. So anything along those lines, feel free to reach out to us and contact and ask questions. Oh, well, thank you so much and have a great day, Kurt. Thank you, Cindy. You as well. Bye-bye. Very informative and very interesting. I can't begin to describe how much more I feel I understand about tea now that I've heard both part one and part two of Cindy's interview with Kurt. On our next episode, we'll hear Cindy interview Evelyn Cole Latour, author of Between Inca Walls, which is one of our nonfiction books included in a full suitcase subscription option for our current Peru journey. Dr. Jackie Allen has this to say about Evelyn's book. In this memoir of her days as a Peace Corps volunteer, Evelyn Latour breaks down walls and tells a story of establishing relationships and projects in the mountains of Peru in the 60s. A fascinating story of challenges faced in learning about oneself through the eyes of another culture. And we get to hear from Evelyn firsthand in our next episode. So please subscribe to the Wordy Traveler podcast on your favorite platform. Each and every episode, we'll discuss books, travel, and everything we all love. To learn more about The Wordy Traveler, please visit thewordytraveler.com and consider joining a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. As always, we invite you to join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. We look forward to being with you again soon on our next episode of The Wordy Traveler Podcast.